Welcome to the Runaways After Show podcast, the weekly discussion of Marvel's Runaways on Hulu. I'm Cassandra from DuelingGenre.com. And I'm Jason from ThatMightBeCool.com. And I'm Scott Corelli from DuelingGenre.com. And today we are discussing Episode 8, Tsunami, directed by Millicent Shelton and written by Rodney Barnes and Michael Vukadinovich. And they wrote uh, Episode 5, so... Mm, returning back, team guys. yeah which was the last time i was on the show <laughs> <laughs> welcome back scott <laughs> thanks it's been been a little uh, while it's it's been a while yeah, since I missed... i've talked to people on this show i missed uh i missed some drama uh, i thought you were past gonna two say episodes. i thought you were gonna say it's been a while since i've talked to people in general and i'm like oh no <laughs> but uh... <laughs> the show is my only social interaction in the week oh no um so Scott, since you've missed a, a few weeks, let let us know what any any thoughts that you had, any things that you wanted to to bring up from the previous episodes, or do you just want to jump right into this one? Well, okay, so I have two things. One, episode six was the best episode of the show so far. Wow. Um, and episode seven, I was not expecting the time travel machine message to come into play in the same episode <laughs> yes yes yeah, i, I was neither. not expecting that i thought that was going to be like a like a season finale callback or something yeah. but i even yeah. i even had in my notes for that episode i was like what do you think that he's talking about and then like just like 20 minutes later it's like oh here's what he was talking about I'm like oh right, <laughs> 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 exactly Which... so uh yeah that's that's about it i think that's it i think everything else uh we can talk about in in context of tsunami what about you cass um, I don't, I, I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't take notes during episode seven, so, uh, it's and it's okay. all fallout that we take care of in episode eight, so I think it's okay if they cross yeah. the streams a little bit. Perfect. Yeah. So I, I have, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I was completely convinced that Victor Chase was dead. Uh, I mean, he was, he had dead eyes, he was staring forward, shot mm -hmm. in the heart. I mean, I was like, oh, look, Stein. he's dead. And then... Oh, sorry, Victor Victor Stein. Chase's sorry. dad. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chase's dad. Um, and I, I thought for sure that he was dead. And then this whole episode is like, I mean, he's kind of dead, maybe, maybe not. Uh, so that's I don't know. That's all this episode basically is, right? It's just like how he's kind of dead, but not really. Yeah. A lot what's of the bickering. thing from Princess Bride? Like mostly dead. Mostly Al dead. Almost yeah. dead. <laughs> I so my my biggest question from that part was you know right, like right off the top uh his wife is trying to revive him right mm -hmm. why would she shoot him if she didn't want him dead right like like why wouldn't her response just to be to fire the gun in the air to stop him you know what i mean like if she yeah i don't know it felt really weird that like immediately she's trying to save his life after shooting him through the chest i don't think that she was aiming to kill I think that she was aiming to disarm, uh, and then she was a better shot than she anticipated. I think. Um, also, I, I think, <sighs> I I think her motive was, like you said, like to get him to stop. But I don't know if I think in the moment she was like, "I need to protect my son," and then afterwards she was like, "Oh God, what if, what did I do?" Mm -hmm. So I don't really have an issue with her trying to like revive him because I think it was a, a decision that she made instinctually. And mm -hmm. now she's kind of catching back up to reality and realizing, like, oh, shoot, that's my husband. Um, 
So I don't know. I don't have a problem with it. That makes sense. I uh, it it felt to me a little, and obviously this isn't this isn't what's happening because they have a writers' room and these things are planned and talked about and everything. It's not like somebody writes an episode and then they're like, "Great, thanks, bye," and then mm-hmm. they go and write a, the next episode. Um, so, but it felt like in the moment, it really felt like one of those. Uh, you know, uh, I forget what that storytelling technique is, but the thing where you write to a cliffhanger and then you pass it to the next person and you're like, good luck. Um, <laughs> cause that's what this felt like because it felt so specifically at the end of seven, like Victor's dead and she meant to kill him and he's been shot through the heart and, and you're to like, blame. It, and you, yeah, it, like it just, it just, it just did not feel like the next episode was going to be about saving him at all mm. mm-hmm. um to me like the way that the drama played everything about it played like she murdered him and she does not regret it uh <laughs> and then this episode she's like i instantly regret this um <laughs> and it just it felt i don't know it just felt yeah. a little um you know to borrow to borrow a a a a problem that Cass and I have a lot on our other show the doctor's companion mm. it felt like a doctor who cliffhanger mm. uh resolution where it was like and now you're going to die jk no you're not like yeah. it just it just it really felt like that yeah. and i wasn't i wasn't digging it as a whole i didn't really love this episode mm. um just as a whole i thought it was kind of weak um, but but not quite as weak as seven. I thought seven was really weak. Oh, really? Yeah, huh. yeah, I did. I actually see that's funny because I I actually really enjoyed episode seven. Mm. I liked seeing the parents in the context of the school mm. and them like dealing with their stuff, and also the kids dealing with their parents in this weird, awful high school place that they all hate. Um, <laughs> and. I liked that episode eight was kind of a reflection of that, where the parents were dealing with their own crap on their turf instead of the kids' turf. Uh, it felt like a, I don't know, it felt almost like the, the premiere and then the second episode to me, where we have the story from the kids' point of view and then we have, like, parents' point of view, but instead, uh-huh. I don't know, it, it's felt similar. I, you know? I think, I think that structurally, I don't have any problems with it. But again, structure is determined by the writer's room, not the writer. Right. And uh, But I'm talking about the the words on the page, the words that right. people are saying yeah. in this episode were not good. Like there's that there's that, mint, that moment where Gert literally recaps all of the relationship drama. And I'm like, that no human being would say that out loud. Why is she saying this? <laughs> like, who is this even for? Who's who's just randomly watching episode eight of Runaways? Like, yeah. who's doing that? No one. Me. Literally no one. Why are you recapping? What are you even doing here, Jason? Guys, um, I, yeah, you- I, I was about to say, I, I have a confession to make. <laughs> this, <laughs> this was the first episode I've actually watched. <laughs> uh, but But yeah, like where she just like, you know, uh, oh, you like Nico... And I, I, I like Chase, who likes you, but you like Nico, who likes Alex. And I was like, why would you, why would you say that out loud? Like that, <laughs> there was nothing natural about what she was saying. It mm-hmm. was, it was really poorly done. Um, and I was, I was kind of shocked at how bad some of the dialogue in this particular episode was. Mm. 
That makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I can, I can see the the problem there. Oh, the voicemails. Oh, those were driving me nuts. <laughs> the voicemails where like Gert's voicemail is like, "Hey, instead of leaving a message, why don't you go help the whales or something or whatever she said?" And I was just like, "What? Why? Why do you need to have a clever voicemail?" And I was already mad about the Gert one, and then Nico's was like. Who even uses voicemail anymore? And I'm like, oh, come on. And then they made me listen to it twice. That's oh, so bad. It's this is, The writing in this was like one of those people who think they're a really clever writer, but they're not. They're hmm. just doing really, um, uh, I don't know. It all just felt, you know, uh, to borrow a phrase from Jane Espenson, it just, it all felt very clammy, this episode mm. to me. Um, didn't, didn't, didn't like it. Didn't like it at all. The structure was fine. Yeah. Just the dialogue is what I really had an issue with. Anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. Kincaid was back in this episode. Yeah. He's my favorite, like, uh, regular, you know, one-minute appearance guy. <laughs> <laughs> I really like him. He's got a good beard. He's kind of handsome. He's got that deep voice. I mean, he, he does it for me. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. <laughs> you know. Anyway, um, yeah, I, so that, the whole sequence with Molly, uh, having her just kind of like thrown away and, and, you know, I don't know, like, I don't know. I feel really bad for Molly. Uh, mm -hmm. she's, she's, she's been dealt a really rough, uh, rough hand in this life. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it was sort of necessary as a first step to, separate them like just to actually just to sever them from their parents mm -hmm. you know to like to show like oh they are willing to get rid of one of them yeah um and and i think that that moment allowed them to be like oh okay and then i think it sort of like aligns their um uh their, it just sort of like aligns their loyalty i guess to each other instead of their parents yeah. which you know, this whole middle of the season has been kind of wishy-washy as to, like, where all of the runaways' loyalty lies. Mm -hmm. And I think that the the Molly thing is what sort of realigned their loyalty to each other instead of uh, to any of their parents. I think it also helps from an audience perspective, too, because throughout the series, like, Dale and Stacy have been kind of, like, the comedic, like, oh, like, aren't they silly? Like, look at these parents. Mm -hmm. But now... That they're willing to, like, just dump Molly on a person that she doesn't even know, kind of right. realigns the audience and like, oh no, these are terrible people doing right. whatever it takes. Like, they might want to protect Molly, but they're also like, at what expense? Right. Yeah. Gets us prepped for the end game. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Did you guys uh, notice that in this episode, uh, the dinosaur seems to be looking? more and more rough as it goes along like every time we see old lace she's getting getting harder and harder to to look at with some plausibility mm. i think it depends on who the the director is yeah because uh. i think i think some of the directors know to shoot her in shadow and and to make her look better and then other directors like this particular director was just like yeah no let's have her let's have C the cgi dinosaur walk around in a circle in a well-lit room that's yeah, like a good yeah. idea <laughs> let's show off the dinosaur <laughs> yeah we have a tv budget we can make this our centerpiece i really yeah. i really like old lace and in, in gert's beat up volvo though like 
It's so funny to me. Just a dinosaur in the mm-hmm. backseat of the car. <laughs> <laughs> I think Dinosaur Volvo sounds like a really fun indie rock album that was never made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I even had, I actually had uh, in my notes here for this episode, I had written down, are they going to sacrifice Frank? And then I had to like cross that out when, when they addressed it. Because again, it was one of those things where I was like, oh, okay, this will be like a, you know, a plot line that extends into the next episode. Uh, so then I crossed mm-hmm. it out. But then for a second, when they revisit it, Leslie's like, you know, I wouldn't care too much if we sacrificed Frank. And I was like, whoa! Holy crap! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, wow, okay. Uh, so, okay. Now, mm, I guess so, more of the Frank stuff kind of comes into play in the next episode, so we might not have to get too deep into it. Uh, but, I mean, one big question is, how do you think that they're going to solve the uh, not having a sac- or not having a, a little chamber problem anymore? Or wait, was that in this episode too, or was that in the next one? God damn it! Yeah, that was in this one. Okay, no, no, no. yeah, yeah, no, it's all in this one. I mean, what do you what do you I think they I'm, do about that? I don't know. I don't know because I mean, as far as we've been told, only one person can build them, mm-hmm. and he's in one of them. Yeah. right now. Yeah, and exactly. There's no second one, so I don't. I I I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, because um, Jonah makes a point of saying that there's going to be like he promised that there would be no more sacrifices. So I think Jonah is okay with it because whatever is in the bottom of that hole that they're going to drill at the school is like the end game for them. Um, mm-hmm. At least that's what it seems like. So I think at this late stage the box doesn't really matter anymore because really the box was just to keep Jonah alive, right? Yeah. The space age coffin thing. So, so are they just going to let Victor die or chill? I don't know. I think he's just like on ice. Like, did they like freeze him? They just kept him in the box. And I guess something about keeping his cortex running or some shit. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, basically, yes, they, they Walt Disney'd him. Um, (laughs) Hashtag, hashtag Walt Disney's still alive. Um, <laughs> I Carolina really pissed me off in this episode. Like, and I and I under I understand, you know, especially in retrospect, like, oh, it ended up being a good thing. But like, what the hell is she doing telling Frank about Pride? Yeah. Like, well, from I think from her perspective, like he's the only one that's not involved. That's also not a teenager, and that can maybe do something about it. I need an adult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's definitely an I need an adult moment. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. I just like it was in that moment I was like, "Oh, come on." Like you because I guess the thing that flashed in my mind was just like Frank going to confront Jonah, you know, and being like, "Hey, buddy, what's going on with this pride thing? I hear you've been murdering mm-hmm. people and uh having that go horribly south, which you know, he didn't do to his credit, so, you know. But at the same time, now he's sitting in a car with and that's next episode, fucking God damn it. <laughs> I uh I I I do have questions as to like why Jonah is giving Frank things. Like why mm-hmm. is he giving him the Healy powers? Yeah, what's his what's like, his motive? I don't I don't understand. I don't I don't get it and uh in this episode it was usually I'm just like, "Oh, it's so mysterious. I'm so interested." But in this episode, I found myself frustrated because I thought that the mysteries while they were structured fine, they were written in a way that it was just like the writer constantly like winking, like <laughs> just like awkwardly winking with both of his eyes at the audience. Um, 
it just like it was just really awkwardly done um like like the parents just being like uh you know saying <laughs> you know the last time we all got together uh for something like this and like oh. we don't want to talk about that <laughs> yeah it's like oh my god yeah <laughs> like it's just the last so time we received that one word text like, yeah. Well, oh my there's God. an easier way to say that if you're just talking to a human. Like, you could just say the last <laughs> right. time we got texted. Especially someone tsunami. who, like, knows what you're talking about and shared the experience right. with you. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. humans. Humans talking like work. humans is fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Also, like, speaking of people who piss me off this episode, what the hell, Chase? Like, I understand you want to save your dad and stuff, but really smashing the laptop and like punching Alex and just being a total dick. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that wasn't great. You're better than that. That was that, not Chase. great. Is there okay, so I mean here's here's the real question. Without spoiling too much from the comics, uh there is an arc in the comics where somebody may or may not be exactly who they say they are, or at least on the side that they say they are. Do you mm-hmm. think that will still happen here? Because I, I don't know. No, I, I, I think it I think it definitely will, but not until you won't find out until the finale. That yeah. I think that'll be the I think that'll be the season cliffhanger. Well, I mean, that's there's only, that's only one week away. I, I mean, I, I thought that they were kind of setting it up with the Amy stuff. Um and mm-hmm. then that kind of gets put to rest really quickly, or at least it seems like it, so I'm not entirely yeah, this, sure anymore. Uh, the Amy stuff was driving me crazy too. Again, it's that it's that mystery box thing where mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, look how mysterious. God damn and you, Abrams! It, it, it's that's fine. I'm all I'm all into mysteries and intrigue and stuff, but it's just presented in a way that's frustrating rather than mysterious because it feels like they don't know. Like it feels like the writer of this episode doesn't actually know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Like he missed that day. Like, yeah, yeah. They just yeah. missed that day at work, and it, it were, or wasn't paying attention when they said it in the room, and was like, "Oh, I was playing Candy Crush. I can't let them know." <laughs> yeah. They didn't um, get copied on the email chain, and they're like, "Wait, what, yeah. what's supposed to happen?" <laughs> well, that yeah. that has become a, a hallmark of modern day film and television making. Is like, all right, we're just gonna plant this mystery. We don't know what's gonna happen here, but we're just gonna give the mystery and then see what happens. It's what happens with Lost. It's what happened with Star Wars. It's what happened with Star Trek. It's what happened with Lost. It's what. Ha- Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> is it jj abrams every time did jj abrams write this episode was he a ghostwriter? <laughs> huh um no i like i i do think that that's a little bit the abrams effect of like i'm just gonna present a mystery and then like just never getting around to resolving it or letting ryan johnson try to resolve it <laughs> i anyway. hope that in the finale um everything that they've been kind of teasing gets wrapped up at the very least like i'm i'm fine with a few loose ends like i'm fine with the kids like running off and being like actual runaways at the end of the season i think we've kind of assumed that would happen but Mm -hmm. i really hope that the amy stuff gets wrapped up and i really hope that whatever's going on with um i don't know yeah whatever's going on with jonah i want to know who jonah is and what he's about because we know who he is and what he's about but not really right so well and there's a lot more questions about what his deal is by the time we get to 
the next episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I want to, I almost want to save my Jonah talk for that because <laughs> okay. I want to be able to, I want to be able to like talk about like the main thing now, but okay. I can't because okay. it's not in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. <laughs> it's okay. We're, we're getting close on time here. Um, yeah. On this episode anyway. Uh, but I, I am curious because so does this cliffhanger at the very end does that get resolved in the next episode? Because for some reason I don't think it did. The flashback the... when someone no, walks. Oh no, door. it doesn't. Okay, no. So who do you think that is that walks in the door when uh, when um, Nico is is discovering these things? I think. Or, I mean, I sorry, think Nico, here, Nico's sister. Here's here, my theory: is that it is Jonah, and whatever he does to Amy used all of his power and that's how he became the corpse dude from the beginning mm. of the season. Ew. That's what mm. I think. Interesting. Interesting theory, Mr. Scott. Is the flashback when um Tina comes home and Nico's a baby in this one? Uh no, this is the so the very end flashback is the one that shows Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh mm-hmm. Yeah, that, it's the, yeah. Ba- baby Nico is in this, but I think it's at the very beginning of the episode. Yeah. Okay. The end flashback is Nico's sister uh, wiping her computer. Right, and all that right, stuff. right. Yeah. But mm. I'm I'm saying that like if the man that confronts Amy is Jonah, in the context of that really creepy like flashback where he's like in Amy's room and Amy's like three. Mm-hmm. And like, and then in the context of like that weird picture with like Leslie as like a 13 year old girl and Jonah's there. Like it feels like he maybe was like grooming Amy Mm. to be like the next, which is creepy. So creepy. But like if Jonah was the one that confronted Amy, why would he have like invested? So unless it was to get under Tina's skin, like, I don't know what, I don't know what he's about. I don't know what his, his, he's doing. So like in my mind, I don't think it is Jonah. I think they're setting it up to, like, to trick you into thinking that it's Jonah, because of see, that weird. I don't know. I see. Yeah. It's, that's that's interesting because I like for whatever reason in my head I was thinking that they were setting us up to think it was uh, Tina and then pull the rug out from under us. But mm. but that that's just that that was just my perspective. Uh, and so it's interesting that for you it's it's. Uh, setting up to be jonah but for me it's setting up to be tina it means it's it's a good mystery guys yeah it's got everybody it thinking be, different stuff it could also be victor mm. um because it would be someone she would immediately recognize and possibly be scared of because of the story she's heard from chase right yeah hmm i don't know it's a it's, a it's an interesting little mystery and i guess we'll we'll discover that yeah. in the finale huh yeah Another bit that doesn't that I I want to point out that does doesn't quite work for me it, and it and this is a direction thing this is not the writing's fault um mm-hmm. one of the few things that is not the writing's fault <laughs> um I uh the the bit where um you know uh, Molly is sort of following this uh mystery train um from her parents this little uh scavenger hunt to the uh the 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 box at the train station and she opens it and finds the VHS tape. And the joke is supposed to be like, oh, I found something mysterious. And then Molly goes, what is this? Yeah. Because she's young and doesn't know what a VHS tape is. Mm-hmm. But the moment doesn't work at all because the music doesn't play up the dramatic beat. And then the performance of the actress who plays Molly doesn't 
quite hit the comedy beat. And I, I don't know if that's just that particular take that they that the editor chose to use or if there was no good take of that joke or whatever. But I can picture that joke on the page mm-hmm. and thinking it's really funny. Yeah. But for some reason, it doesn't play in the moment at all. And it just feels like a really weird moment of <laughs> like, is she confused about what the thing is that her parents left her or is this a joke about it being a vhs tape Mm -hmm. i don't understand which one of these two things this scene is saying it just felt a little messy to me Hmm. and that's a that's a total direction thing i think it worked for me in the moment um but i like as it resolved itself i was laughing but i think i can see where the confusion is because like she she's like oh what is like there's, like, the two possibilities, like you were saying. Like, is she confused about what it is, or is she confused about, like, the technology? Right. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Young kids these days. <laughs> their iPhones and whatever. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I, I think, uh, at least for me, that's uh, that's really all I have for episode eight. Um, uh, remind everyone that you can find the show at Runaways Podcast on uh, Twitter. You can find us at uh, the Runaway, or Marvel's Runaways After Show Podcast on Facebook. Um you can find all of my podcasts at thatmightbecool.com. Uh, you can find Cass and Scott's stuff at duelinggenre.com. Um, mm-hmm. And we greatly appreciate any ratings or reviews on iTunes. Let us know if you want to see our show come back for season two and, and all that discussion, goody, 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 whatnot. Um, Has the show been picked up for a season two? I believe I so. so, yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I would be surprised if it hasn't. Um, either way. Uh, contingent on right. the show being picked up for season two, uh, you know, your, your ratings and reviews will let us know if you want us to come back next year. Um, uh, you can also, I don't know. Did I have, there was nothing else I had to say. Was there, what am I doing? I don't know. What am I doing here? Who am I here guys? <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. I don't know. Uh, tweet us what you think about the episode. Who do you think it was that was, uh, behind that door? Um, what do you think is going to happen, uh, in episode nine or 10, depending on where you're at? Um, and join us again literally right now if you want to for uh, episode 9 of the Runaways podcast that might be cool.com you never know